This episode of Super Pulp Science is brought to you by a very special pop-up art market in the studio at 716-70 Arthur Street on December 7th from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. featuring a ton of local artists selling books, art, canvases, and more. Attention, citizens. It's time for Super Pulp Science. Hello, this is Super Pulp Science, where we talk about how genre gets made. I'm talking really fast because we don't have a lot of time. We're going to talk about NaNoWriMo today. My special guest is author Samantha Biko. Yo. <laughs> and uh, we uh, ooh, undertook to do 50,000 words of writing in one month. It is almost the end of November. I am also here with Dan, Hi. Who, who didn't do NaNoWriMo. I don't have time. <laughs> okay, well, let's explain what NaNoWriMo is to those who don't know, because I lost the previous episode of the podcast in which you guys talked about it. That's right. So, Great. So, so NaNoWriMo is a truncated version of National Novel Writing Month, which takes place in November for the full 30 days. 30 days um, and the expectation is you can go online and you can join the NaNoWriMo community and you can do the official stuff where you're uploading all of your daily word counts and your goals and all of the information about your book so that you can be part of a community that supports you and um, everyone is running the same race um, but the whole point of it is to write 50,000 words either a full manuscript or that amount for whatever project it is that you're undertaking. And so the, one of the other big things is it's kind of suggesting that the labor of writing you know, if you just do the math, that's about 2,000 words every day for 25 days. You get five days off, right? 2,000 so words. So you can do a little bit less every day if you want to do the full 30 days. That's right. If you want to write every day or you, do, <laughs> or you can write twice as much, right? I wonder how much of it is uh, a couple hundred words a day until like the last week in which you're just writing. How Lots many people, how many people like, wait till the end and then just kind of throw Lots. anything at the page? So I started out writing every day sort of without fail, I would get 1,500 to 2,000 words, and then just some really busy stuff came up in the month, and some stuff I needed with the publisher, and some stuff with my kids, and my kids got sick, and an emergency room visit, and all of these other life events occurred where it smashed apart that idea that I would stick to a regular schedule. But I am, what's the date today? The 26th? It's 27th. the 27th, 27th today. So I'm in a way, way behind, because I'm at about 35,000 words. Um, Sam, mm. you want to put us, put me to shame? I mean, here's the thing. No, though. don't just say the number. Uh, okay. So I re I'm currently at 62,000, but I reached 50,000 within 13 days, which sounds really incredible, et cetera, et cetera. But along the way I have been editing and cutting and doing a ton of that like that work I don't even have the space I don't have time to edit and fix it too because I oh really well because I really want to make sure that I'm just I'm not just onto a page I wanted to actually feed back into what I've put into it um, but, I, but I would like to qualify this with a giant asterisk that I have um, practice at doing this I didn't just you know pop out of the womb with a, an 800 page manuscript okay um, I, I have, bet you did uh, I have had to I've spoken about it in previous podcasts where I talked about writing um, my sequel of Sign on the Fox Children of the Bloodlands that's a 130,000 word book I wrote that in 30 days as well because I was put under the gun so I developed these skills and in my little toolbox to write a ton um, under the gun and manage a whole ton of plot threads 
And again, it's practice. It does take practice. If, if I were to, I've never done this. I haven't done a ton of like creative writing. Uh, my writing background is in media and news and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, but if I were to ever do it, I think I would need something like this, the structure of this to make sure that I follow through. So um, one of the things that has helped me is that um, Jonathan Ball from uh, Writing the, the Wrong, wrong way. way podcast, he uh, is also undertook. The reason I did that NaNoWriMo is he incessantly texted me until I agreed that we should have a buddy. You should do it on the buddy system. That's a good idea. Right? Someone that is going to... Uh, some people do it on Twitter or they do it on social media. They post their word counts. They post all that kind of stuff. I wasn't, that wasn't super my style. I posted a little, for a little while I was posting like some of the creative thoughts I was having while I was doing it. But having somebody text you, hey, I got 2,000 words done this morning. And I would check the clock and it would be like 8 a.m., which means he's been up since 5 writing, was good for me. Like that was, in our dynamic, really good. Other people, not so good. Mm -hmm. Right, but it's good to have if you do it on the buddy system. And knowing that Sam was doing it originally helped me. But then when I would check in and she would be just so far into another realm of word count, it actually discouraged me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But no, 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 don't apologize. <laughs> no, never apologize. Okay, fine. I'm never sorry. I'm better. That is. So, that's good. But Sam, the question I have for you is: um, Do you go into this kind of with an idea of what the story is you want to tell? Yes. So you've kind of got it planned out in your head, or do you have a, an outline written down or anything like that? Um. Well, the I wasn't going to do Nano at all. Um, cause I am always just kind of like come either coming off of touring season or coming off of editing another novel or finishing another novel on contract. So I was just like, no, I'm not going to do that. But I was on the road in Halifax, um, doing my East coast tour for children of the bloodlands. And I started researching something else, like a completely different subject. And I was reading a ton of articles and a ton of archival work and then I just it's the the wheel started turning and then I was already I was gripped by this new story and I was like well maybe I'll explore it for nano and then before I knew it I had started writing it actually on October 31st so sorry oh. I uh, I started early those don't count those, those words don't, don't count those words don't so, count yeah okay, you're like 10,000 something words 12,000 over, over. 12,000 over. Over. Um, yeah. but who's counting <laughs> yes so Sam I did have counting. I did have some direction and I did have I had plotted it a bit and normally I I was never a plotter until I have arrived at this point in my career. I've had to become a plotter in order to survive all my deadlines. Mm. Um, so again, I already had that kind of innate skill built in from past flailing. Don't worry. Everything's going according to plan. I think it's an important distinction. It's a skill here, not a talent. Like we can have a talent for writing. You have a, a sense of word. You have a sense of a quality of a phrase. You have an understanding, a talent that a word can create an emotion in a person, but there's a skill that you develop to write every day and to always have something else to say. Is there, is there, does it have to be fiction? Is it, is that something that is a what, part of the... Well, I mean, a novel, oh, a novel. you know, the okay. assumption yeah. is yeah, that yeah, it's yeah, fiction, okay. but I mean, if I, there are plenty of people, there's a few people that I, I found, you know, following through on the hashtag that were writing their, you know, dissertations, their thesis, their... Well, I, I, I mean, an autobiography is a book. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess it, what matters is your writing, right? That's yeah. the point of it. Mm -hmm. There was someone I saw that was using it as a way to write their science textbook. Like, they were using it, like, <laughs> right. like literally just as an excuse to put in the kind of writing that they do. And day. it's just an interesting thing when you talk about all these different types of writing. Um, because, again, I don't, I don't think in terms of writing 
dialogue, um, uh, prose, uh, description, that kind of thing. I write primarily. I write for radio, which is super short to the point. Right. And uh, and so it, it would be really. Um, I think I don't know if it would be difficult, but it would certainly be um, an adjustment for me to make in shifting gears to this type of writing, mm -hmm. uh, especially for 30 days. Sure, but I mean, the thing that you're talking about, though, is something that a lot of writers struggle with constantly. So people who are, you know, oh, people who are writing the 62,000 words in such a short period of time, maybe they need to learn to be more economic. Um, and that's kind of what a big hang-up is. You can write a ton, but are you actually saying anything? Is it any good? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, so you, that, well, you kept shouting that back at me when I would say, oh, you're writing so much. You'd be like, yeah, but I don't know if any of it's any good. I think the essential part is if you can write a lot and you can pair that with an editing process that is not precious, mm -hmm. then you can cut away everything that is irrelevant. Sometimes you have to, you have to, you know, it's, it's like panning for gold, right? You, there's a lot of grit that you have to sift before you find that Before nugget. you find Mr. Pocket. That's right. Um, now, Gregory, where did, <laughs> where did uh, the project that you worked on for Nano, or that you're currently working on, where so did it come from? So it started as one and it became two so that I could keep my word count. I became very anxious around the idea of not having, like what you were saying, something to say. So I started this project a way long ago called The Inside House. I wrote a first draft of around maybe 8,000 words. Hated it. All I liked about it, I was on a creative retreat, and I was you know, grinding out this thing where you basically write 24 hours a day. And I really liked the concept, but the delivery was not at all. It did not live up to the promise of, uh, of the story. So. I'd had this thing in the back of my head for a couple of years that I want to go back and visit, revisit the inside house and rewrite that. But when am I ever going to make the time, take the time? And then when I got the text from Jonathan Ball, he's like, you're going to do NaNoWriMo, right? I was like, oh, no, was my first thought. And then I was like, well, maybe I'll use it as an excuse to work on that book again. Mm -hmm. And then once I had done that, I said, okay. So I completely rewrote it. Like I started, I, I didn't reread what I had written. All I remembered about it was the part that I liked, and I made sure that I didn't go back and read that draft. It's been years since I looked at it. I just purposely left it alone and just started page one, paragraph one, mm. sentence one, idea Now, are you going to go back and compare the two? Um, no. Oh. No, because the one thing I do know is that the work I did this time is a lot better because okay. I started with the gold I had done that sifting I had done that creative retreat and I had done all the sifting and the part that I think that was the good part I had what happened was when I felt myself losing momentum I realized that I wasn't sure it's a story that required me the structure of the story um, required me to write a lot of truth just to have something to say, because it's based on a, of how we build memory and where we build memory. It's sort of like, you know, it circulates around the notion of a memory palace, but in a much more sinister way. And how I could write quickly was rather than invent other people's memories, I would just rely on my own to build these scenes. And so it became somewhat emotionally exhausting to revisit a whole bunch of these complicated emotional mindscapes to then put into the book and so I found myself on days as I previously mentioned where there was all this other stuff going on where it's like the last thing I want to do is be so introspective about this horrible day in my childhood or this other thing so I switched to a different story another idea that I had written down 
I'd done a draft of that I also thought was terrible, a story that is loosely uh, titled Razzle Dazzle. So I started writing that one, and it's like a cyborg gang fighting. It's like completely opposite, just like popcorn, science fiction popcorn story. And that came very quickly. So between the two of them, I've got about 35,000 words. So I could still make it. Okay. I could still mm -hmm. make it. You're going to start some new third thing now that you have a couple days left. No. So <laughs> breaking up with... Breaking up with Inside House for a little while, for 12,000 words, actually 12,500 words, where I wrote this other story instead, give me, give it all back. Like now I want to go back to it. Now okay. I'm ready. All that stuff I was telling you about, you know, that was kind of made it hard to write. That's all over. I'm through it. And now I'm, I've had some reflection time, but I've kept the writing up. Um, and at the same time, I'm also working on I was working on two pitches for other publishers. I was working on, you know, a deadline, a book that I have to have finished at the end of December. So I was putting in time in and around all my other regular writing time mm -hmm. and trying to make it seem fun. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's just work. All the books I'll need, all the books, all the books I'll ever want. How much of being a good writer is confidence in your work? Mm, I think confidence is dangerous. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Not the answer um, I was expecting. I think it's more confidence in your process. Yeah. Um, and have, like if you've if you've finished a novel in the past, that actually helps buoy me forward because I know what the trajectory of my emotional state is going to be as yeah. I'm writing this book, so I don't get hampered down with um, with just that kind of imposter syndrome. Yeah. Like I have it. Of course, a lot of uh, artists who have that insight, they have it. Yeah. Um, but I don't kind of feel like, oh, I'm never going to be able to finish this or I'm never going to be able to do this. I've kind of like, look, I've done it before and I can do it again. Um, and yeah. I have to have some confidence in my storytelling ability. Um, but also uh, when, I, when you're doing something and you're like, I'm under the gun for 30 days, but the, um, the stakes aren't as high. Like, yeah, I have to it, deliver this. Yeah, you're so enjoying it's delivery, it. right? So um, one of the things, so you said, you know, is it confidence? I think, no, it's resilience. It's knowing that there's a lot that's going to go wrong and that your writing is not as brilliant as you think. Is when you're in the throes, God, you feel like Mozart, right? You're just... <laughs> and like, then you reread so, it and you're like, what? And then you're what? like, what was I what? thinking? <laughs> but it, you mentioned the tools, right? Mm -hmm. Like, imagine, like, I'm a terrible carpenter, right? The only thing, actually, the only thing I have faith in when I have to do something home maintenance in is the tool itself. That's the only thing. And I look in that box, I'm like, well, someone built that hammer super good. At least I can rely on that, right? And I think that those are the tools that you're building up when you're practicing writing is because every story is a new, you know, it's a new complete build mm -hmm. and you're starting from scratch. And the only thing you can rely on is the tools. Yeah. And I would think for, from the project that I'm working on, it's a, it's again, it's a long form young adult fantasy, but it's historical fantasy, which is something I have not delved into before. Mm. So a lot of the, my, my, underwork that exists in the in the book as it stands currently was research and i i just kind of got really lost in the research and i used to avoid you just titled your autobiography underwork, <laughs> underwork. <laughs> story. um i used to really i used to be like oh you know i'm interested in historical fantasy and i love reading it but god the amount of groundwork that you have to lay that doesn't even make it into the book um that development and i really i really want to get into it 
but I found myself getting lost in it in the research because I was so into it and so interested in it that it didn't feel like work. It felt like, wow, I'm really going to be able to build so much meat into this. Um, so uh, my, my the book that I am writing, it's called The Silverling Masterwork of Sabina Strangeface. And That's it's a great title. Thank you. It's um, it's Slavic. Uh, fantasy Slavic folklore, um, which uh, folklore of the peoples who are pre-unionized tribes that became Russia. So I'm in the ninth century Ukraine, is and I'm drilling down into that. And there isn't a there. You have to really dig hard to find the information about the the peoples, their settlements, their traditions, uh, their oral histories, because a lot of that stuff. I don't want to get too super deep into it, but you know, in Soviet Russia, there were a lot of competing histories of how Russia came to be because of whoever was in power at the time. And so when you want to go that far back, all of that stuff, that's current research because people are just discovering those ethnographies and just like digging them up. So I'm looking at this whole system of gods that I never had any idea about. You know, my family uh, on one side is from Belarus. And Mm -hmm. one of the things when we went to visit, a lot of that stuff gets hidden. Yeah during different regimes. And so yeah. it's not that the research isn't done or present. It's that they're like, oh, the current regime will not approve of this. Right. Go and hide it. Right. And remove that it ever existed. Yeah. And then when it's time, a few generations later, we'll bring it out again. Yeah. Right. And that's just how And it's this done. is something that you talked to me about when I kind of said, oh, you know, I'm, this is what I'm currently researching. I'm really interested in that. Is that, you know, pre-90s, before the, you know, the, the communism fell, um, it was not at all in vogue from a North American standpoint or Western standpoint to be at all interested in Slavic studies because they were the enemy. So why are you studying the ways and the mores of the enemy? Although the majority of North American population, a very big section of it are yeah. you know, Slavic heritage. Certainly here in war in Manitoba fears. as well. There's yeah. a big Ukrainian yeah. population and yeah. and. And I and I'm half Ukrainian, so and that's kind of you know my Baba died when I was like 12, so there's a lot of that that I'm just kind of having to reclaim and re-research. So I'm I'm just super into it, and I did a ton of research not only on folklore, fairy tales, gods, spirits, that stuff, but also on just the way people lived in that era, and combined with whatever magical system that I've built, which is, again, brand new after being in the trenches of a completely different magic system that I just wrote a series for. So I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. I'm hearing all of this, like, sort of roll out, and I'm I'm very intimidated by it, because, like, the the advice I give to people is don't fall into the research role because you won't get any writing done. Mm-hmm. Right. But then clearly that is not true. I did about did I did 10 days of research before, I would say, before, right. I did before November started. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you have, okay. Okay. So get, that I did, get that out of the way. Do some preparation. I did, did prepare, but as, yeah. but while I'm writing, I'm also still doing the research. Right. I'm still doing the reading so that I can keep my frame of mind in there. I did a ton of, I took a ton of notes. Um, and parallel to this, uh, this, whatever magic system that I've built is based on craft and by craft, I mean like making things. So, again, not before, not to get too deep into it. Ninth century Ukraine um, abutted against a, a world that's completely populated by demons and gods that are all merchant based and they're all guild based. And every guild works in a different medium. So I am also looking at silversmithing, goldsmithing, crystal making, stonework, bread work. Cool. <laughs> um, and embroi- that is cool. The and possibilities em- are endless. And so embroidery, can... but again, all governed by a, a, like demons right. and gods. 
and this like you know, a certain type of embroidery would imbue you with a certain type of magical power right uh and and it's just all of these guilds are competing and you know there's unrest in this world and a girl from the ninth century ukraine is thrown into this in order to save a member of her family um so it's and it's like wow that's sounds like a lot that's a lot that you are it is putting a lot. down okay, there. Okay, so I don't often get a chance to ask people about the, like minutiae. Okay, so you know we deal, Dan, in made-up worlds a yeah. lot, but we don't often get to talk to people about how the worlds get made up. And so, in Inside House, I also had this structure, right? You had to build essentially a whole magic system, a cosmology that then made sense for how people would behave. And Inside mm -hmm. House, I was doing the same thing. How do you approach the rules, and how do you know when the rule is right? You know, because it needs rules. The rules that exist now, for whatever I've built, they will definitely be different by the time this book by has a full draft. Not only a full draft, but has been edited because it's such. When you, it's fun to talk about all these complexity things that I've researched that I'd like to include in the work, um, but there's also like, I don't want to have the you know, however many thousands of words inundated with explaining it, right, how it and works. putting it down. Yeah. Um, so I've been struggling with, at least with Inside House, how to make the rules come out in dialogue, mm -hmm. right? So that yeah. rather than have it exposition, like these are the rules of this, of this framework of this nightmare world, instead have the characters' interactions reveal to the reader at a pace that doesn't seem confusing, like mm -hmm. where they're not confused for 2,000 words and then they're like, oh, okay, but they have to get that far, mm -hmm. want, you know? Mm -hmm. That's tough. How do you manage that? Uh, I, I am trying to currently juggle that um, by doing it through action. So the rules are established through the events that are happening and that the character is oh, observing so like, them and saying, okay. oh, okay, I get it. Um, or who is sees a transaction and then internalizes it and then when it comes their turn to have that kind of transaction as well, that they have seen how it has to play out and right. so they have to learn and they have to learn quickly because there are consequences constantly um, so the reader is keeping up with the, with character, the character which is also learning and i mean that is usually yeah. your pivot point is that the the main the, your character if they're thrown into this brand new world they have to learn they have to learn that yeah, world so this is what I was based too, yeah. on their own experience if, if they're like a shut-in and they have a very limited experience of the world as well they might have an easier time or they might have a harder time. Just right. to, um, but also, I'm not uh, putting a ton of pressure on myself to perform it perfectly right now in the writing that's coming down, because I know that it's going to have to be massaged. But I'm enjoying the ride. All of my books and stories are based on fact or legend. That's perhaps why they're more interesting and sell in the top spots. You are kind of not worrying about it too much. You have a basic things set up but you know you go you know that it's going to change mm -hmm. so you're just like okay I'm just going to put this here for now almost like a placeholder and then come back to it later on um and what I was getting at with the confidence thing is really talking about your confidence in your ability to write mm -hmm. you know you can write um and I'm, I'm coming at this from a, you don't know you can write you don't know I well don't but, you but know. until you, you do it right? Yeah, right so so my perspective as an instructor uh, at Red River College we have students coming to a program who are, are who have not really done a ton of writing. They, they've done a little bit, maybe a little bit uh, on their own kind of thing. Um, but we're teaching them how to write and we're teaching them the confidence. And one of the things I've, I've been telling them for years is don't be afraid to suck, right? Don't yeah. be afraid of that you can't write. Don't be afraid that your idea isn't good. Don't be afraid to just put it out and see what happens. And you can always, you can always change it. You yeah. can always 
Yeah. Revise it. That's yep. part of the process. Finish, well, not perfect. Yes. Well, not, but not even that. Just finish. Yeah. Just finish. Just finish. And the resiliency is important. Like the the first draft of Inside House, which is now a forgotten thing, right? Yielded this, to me yeah. an idea that I wasn't ready to leave behind. Like I do first drafts of lots of stuff. Like mm -hmm. I write a lot in my spare time, in my extra time, in my fun time. I write a lot, and a lot of it just is just just dies there, right? As but. What I cultivate out of it are these little things that become Midnight City, that become Infinite, mm -hmm. and that become the books that I've done. But for every one that exists as a book, I have 10 maybe that didn't become anything. Right. But I couldn't have that one if I hadn't done the, I don't know. The 10. Yeah. 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 It's so, a shotgun approach, I guess, to writing, which is what NaNoWriMo is about. Yes. And so um, I'm going to... We're kind of approaching the end-ish of this episode if we did want it to be a real quick one um, in the spirit of NaNoWriMo because that is a quick window to write yeah. something. You don't have much time. You don't have much time. I mean, there are also people who participate in um, the three-day novel contest, which is a completely different thing where it's three days and you have to put down 25,000 words in when that period that? of time. That's um, We're usually at a convention, I Let's think, on that it weekend. Anyway. It's Labor Day weekend. Do it Let's during do it convention. during the convention. Oh, no. Um, so it's November 27th. And Today is, yes. Yes, so you have three more days. Three more on days. And how and where where are you? Do you have any plan or are you just going to be like, I'm just going to do the best I can in this last well, three days? Well, I'm going to write 3,000 words every day for the next three days and try to make it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, try to make it. Now, the reason that I'm, I'm saying, like, I'm just going to try to make it is because I'm happy with the trajectory of both stories. Like, if getting, like, I'm way farther along, even if I have to edit them both down to half the word count than it would have been if I hit, had not labored. So it's not necessarily about the 50,000 words. No, no. It's about the idea. Yeah, about refining. It's okay. like, you know, um, we're all about tool analogies in this episode. It's like, you know, you have... You the, are. You have, yeah, you have the metal on the anvil and you have to hit it so many times. You're also you into gold analogies. Yeah. Yeah, hit did you know <laughs> that in silversmithing as opposed to goldsmithing, uh, a lot of that work is done at room temperature because silver yields better results and that the more you, um, the more you work silver, the stronger it becomes and it, that's called at work hardening. Yes. Like cold You can do... Um, you can, yeah, cold forging, which yeah. is a big part of... Yeah, that's my, my D and D knowledge coming yeah. through there. I knew it was called cold forging. <laughs> yes, because you build silver knives to fight werewolves by cold forging them. Yeah. So your so will these novels be published? Are these going to actually be things people can buy and read? Uh, well, my goal when once the draft is this is done and I've done maybe to uh, gotten to draft three, I would like to pitch it uh, for agents. Yeah, so would I. I have a, a nearly finished novel, uh, The Once Lands, which I collaborated with James Gillespie on. That, uh, he's over there on the couch. Yeah, he's over there on the couch waving at us. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Razzle Dazzle and Once Lands, I hope to have them to a state where they would count as a first draft that I could send out to agents and okay. say, like, here it is. Mm -hmm. right, here's three things that I did. Do you want one? Want to look at one? Yeah. Please. Oh, well, please. Let's check in then uh, when those become actual books. Fantastic. Or, or or later on in the process anyway, and we'll we'll yeah. check in and see, and then we can all it all started here in uh, yeah November two thousand eighteen. That's right. Yeah, I already wrote my query letter for this book. I've already have it in a draft to a couple of agents. So I, all I have to do is. <laughs> this has been so. the Sam One Ups Gray episode yep, of Super yep. Pope Science. I'm just really, I'm still, I'm 29 years old and I'm still infected with delusions of grandeur. So that's pretty much what gets me by. This episode of Super Pope Science has been your special, super short, 
NaNoWriMo episode. You still have three days left. No, by the time you listen to this, it's over. And let's encourage people to share their stuff with us. Yes. Share your stuff with us. How do I share share your woes? Share your ups and downs of Nano, and uh, let us know how it went. And you know, we're all there. We're all fighting together. We're in it together. That's true. Join the fight. Make comics. And write novels. 